BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network, presented by Wheel of Engineering and also brought to you by Hercules Tire. I'm Hannah Newhouse, joined by my co-host Kyle Ricky each and every week where we bring you short track racing across the country and this past weekend that racing happened to be well more in my backyard than your backyard Kyle Ricky as the Cars Tour wrapped up their 2021 season campaign at the South Boston Speedway before we talk about those results though I want to talk a little bit moving forward for the Cars Tour in 2022 this season they're scheduled 13 late model stock races eight super late model races Pro late models, Kyle, now on the schedule, will be taking the place of the super late model division next season. Yeah, and uh, this is a change that I think we've been expecting for quite some time. Uh, Super late model car counts have been dwindling the last, what, three or four seasons at least for for the Cars Tour. So uh, they've taken the next step to add uh, pro late models uh, instead of the super late models for next year. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think... We, we see at many venues and at many big weekends down in, in the Southeast that the pro late models, very healthy style of race car right now. And uh, I think they'll be very successful with the cars tour and a, and a healthy schedule as well. Uh, 12 dates for next season uh, to go along with 15 for, for late model stock cars. Uh, they open up in early March at Caraway. They close the season in November at Caraway. Pack your jackets for those events. But um, I'm looking forward to it. A very diverse schedule and some new, at least one new racetrack as well. Yeah, and of course, a lot of the folks that do run pro late models um, are going to come from the super late model side of yep. things. You know, that those are interchangeable. And I think, you know, this could branch into a whole other conversation about the health of super late model racing where um, you're kind of seeing this change of people are not points racing in super late models anymore. They are money racing. You're yep. seeing your folks like your Steven Nassies, your Bubba Pollards that are chasing big money checks in super late model racing. Cause that's available right now. So to allow the folks that can't go points or, you know, big money racing, but can go run the pro late model races and create a points fund. That's worth it. Good payout. Um, I think that's a great move on behalf of cars tour. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, kind of seeing how that plays out next year. Before we get to next year, though, again, South Boston this past weekend, the autos by Nelson, 250 at South Boston. Uh, unfortunately for the Super Late models, again, scheduled over with the Winchester 400. We'll get to that a little bit later. So not the car count I know they were hoping for. The points battle was between Matt Craig and Carson Quapple. Points battles in both divisions, actually. Uh, only about three points separating the two with Matt Craig leading going into the event. Quapple in a must-win situation. I mean, he literally had to go in and sweep qualifying, lead every lap, and win the race to win the championship. Like that is what was put on his shoulders. And Kyle, he he managed to do it. Like, what a way to just close the season. Yeah, that was the only option if he wanted to win the championship. I think it was what eight points. He was eight points down going into the event over Matt Craig. Uh, Matt struggled. Carson had a perfect day, maximum points, led every lap, won the pole, got all the bonus points he needed to get along with winning the race. 
and was able to pick up the final uh, super late model championship for the cars tour. So we'll uh, talk to him here in, in just a little bit. Yeah, looking forward to talking to Carson. Uh, also, the late model stocks crowned their champion as well. Following their race, one point was separating yep. Caden Honeycutt and Bobby McCarty. McCarty with the lead going into that. That was definitely a little bit more intense. Uh, well, the race itself was as well. A lot of cautions plaguing the field. Caden Honeycutt had to maneuver his way through plenty of those, having started uh, outside of the top 10 in qualifying. Uh, McCarty, though, Another dominating performance led pretty much every single lap uh, would go on to win his third cars to a championship. Kate Honeycutt though, coming home in the seventh spot, not quite enough, but honestly, I feel like part of the storyline here too, Kyle was second and third Daniel Silvestri and yep, Connor, Connor Hall, Hall kind of turning heads in this last race uh, in the cars tour. Yeah. Both running well, uh, staying consistent in the top five for, for the entire event. Uh, Mason Diaz also getting a top five run, uh, you talk about the cautions that there were a lot of cautions, uh, I think double digits, but you get that with car count and the late models. You talk about the health of, of late model stock car racing on the cars tour. You started, I think 25 or 26 cars. So you're going to get cautions where the super late models, you know, it was, I think in single digits and the only yellows that you got were the, the scheduled competition caution breaks. And I believe that there were two over the course of that event. So, uh, you can't have it all, right? Uh, if you want a lot of cars and you want a full racetrack, you're going to get the cautions to go with it. And boy, did we ever get the cautions at the uh, in the late model portion of the event, the late model stock portion of the event at South Boston. Yeah, it definitely was a long evening, but a rewarding one, of course, for McCarty and Quablin, of course, Connor Hall announcing he will be trying to run the 2022 campaign in the late model stock division. So pretty cool for him to start his, uh, you know, Campaign off for the top three and a poll for Connor Hall. Again, we're going to talk to Carson Quapple a little bit later, but first we've got your iRacing update presented by Logitech G. Uh, Keegan Leahy Keegan outlasted the championship four at Virtual Texas Motor Speedway on October 12th, clinching his first eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series championship in a thrilling close to the 2021 season. The total purse money, more than $300,000 in play for the season. Leahy took home the championship share of 100000 by taking the checkered flag, and the championship was his first title for 2311 Racing and concluded its first season in the series. 2311 also clinched the team championship. You can go to iRacing.com for all the latest news, featured videos, and more on the world of iRacing. This iRacing update is brought to you by Logitech G. We'll talk to Carson Quapple after the break. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency Emergency warning industry trusted to perform since 1952. Gamers, start your engines. Meet the next generation of racing wheels. The award-winning Logitech G design is re-engineered to dial into your game physics, delivering unprecedented realism. Feel every shift, drift, and hairpin turn like never before. Our latest innovation in force feedback technology connects directly to end-game simulation engines and physics to produce higher fidelity, real-time responses. Through design, engineering, and the love of driving games, Logitech G takes racing simulation to another level go to logitechg.com 
Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. We talked about the Cars Tour wrapping up their 2021 campaign over the past weekend. Carson Quapple had a lot on his shoulders going into that race weekend. He joins us now on the guest line as the Super Late Model Champion. First off, Carson, thanks for joining us and congratulations on that championship. Yeah, thank you. That's pretty cool. You had a lot going into the weekend. Uh, pretty much a must-win, must-sweep scenario for you. Before we break down the race itself, how nervous were you going into South Boston this past weekend? Uh, I mean, for me, uh, I, I didn't. I shouldn't say I didn't expect to win the championship, but I was, I knew it was a long shot and I knew we just had to go out there and try to perform our best, try to win the race. And, uh, I mean, really if we were in the, in the, in the opportunity to win the championship, then that's a plus too. But, uh, I mean, I was nervous, especially after qualifying, I was like the first one to qualify and I put down not a good lap. I didn't think. And Craig was like the last one. So I had to wait like the whole qualifying for him to go and my heart was beating out of my chest whenever he put his second lap down and it was like a half 10 slower and that's that basically is what won us the championship so i was really really nervous a maximum point event for you something that you needed to do as hannah mentioned you said it was a long shot going in at what point and you might have just answered it at what point does it not become a long shot is it after qualifying where suddenly it's no longer a long shot and you realize, Hey, we got a shot at this. Yeah. I mean, I knew we just had to get past qualifying. Cause that's, I think we, we always have raced better. I think we had like three wins going into this weekend and like one pole. So we'd always raced better. And I knew that we literally had to get the pole to even have a shot at winning the championship. So that was, that put a lot of pressure on me just because usually we don't qualify up front, but uh, we were able to this weekend and, after that, we just I, – I still was nervous because I figured that Craig was going to be really, really good in the race. And if basically if he, if he led one lap, then I was kind of – I kind of put myself back if he led a lap. So after qualifying, I knew I was still – I still had a chance, but uh, we were really good in the race, so it worked. And I had the opportunity to be standing there in qualifying. Uh, and I wish you, everyone could have seen just the whew, – Okay, we got the pull from you. And I know I talked to you. You didn't feel all that confident about your car kind of going into the race. Um, I talked to your crew guys, though, actually quite a bit throughout the race. And it seemed like every time Matt Craig would come down pit road during those cautions and we were seeing, you know, parts and pieces go flying on that car. What was the radio communication like, you know, between your your spotter, your dad? I know he was on the roof of your guys' hauler uh, pacing. He probably put a little uh, donut in your guys' hauler from how much he paced. What was the communication like on when you guys kind of knew during the race? I don't think he has anything for us. Uh, so right away at first I got really scared because he got from a bumper, I got a lap one and I knew all he had to do was lead a lap. So, uh, I, but then once I was able, about five laps, I was able to get away from him and really run away. And all I had to do was get out to a few car links and then I could just match his lap times. Uh, I was waiting for near the end. I was kind of nervous about a late race charge because he'd come in and really worked on his car and we weren't, we weren't able to do that because, because we had to lead all the laps. Um, but it never, it never happened. So, uh, it was really, really good. Um, I figured he'd have a late race charge though, considering he got his stagger more close and pan our bar and stuff changed, but, uh, we were just good enough. I think the car was really good. You said in your post-race interview that to have success in a, a super late model, you have to be darn perfect or pretty darn close to being perfect. How difficult is it? Because you had 
for all intents and purposes, a perfect day the other day. Yeah, that was that's the only other time that's ever happened for us. Uh, clean, clean sweep, uh, lead all the laps, get the pole win was Nashville. But I just knew that everything had to be perfect, and it ended up being. So that was, was really good, and it worked out really, really good. I want to go back to, you know, I got the chance to chat with your dad after the championship celebration. You know, we talked about your – uh, journey up through outlaw carts into late models, all of that, and now being kind of a super late model champion. What is the dynamic like uh, working with your dad on your car? Because I had the opportunity to race with my dad. And when I tell you we were at each other's throats, I think more than we were uh, working well together, but at the same time, it was memories that I wouldn't change for anything. What is that dynamic like between you and your dad, who's also a racer himself? Yeah, we for sure get mad at each other a lot too, uh, especially me and him versus him and my brother. My brother kind of stands back. He doesn't really do much, but me and him start getting, getting each other. It's, it's really fun. Other than that, I mean, you'll, you'll have that stuff. I mean, that's part of it, but uh, we just have a lot of fun. I mean, it's me and him in the shop every day and a volunteer guy of ours. He's been working on four weight models and a few outlaw carts. So we get to hang out a lot and get to learn a lot of his tricks and stuff, how to work on the race cars. So I've learned a lot from him. I enjoy it. Uh, we talked earlier, Hannah and I, at the top of this show about this being the final super late model championship for the Cars Tour. You claimed it bittersweet at all, um, knowing that it, it's the final one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I really hate it. These super late models are going away down here. I mean, we can still go run Florida and stuff, but there ain't nothing like showing up with 600 horsepower at Hickory. I mean, it's they're really hard to drive around here. So, uh, I mean, it's cool being the last one and all, but I'm really hopefully someone can fire up a four-barrel series around here and we can go run because uh, Super late models are just way too cool not to be able to run, but uh but we'll adjust to the pros and run those two just hopefully the they don't completely fade or fade away down here and that kind of uh preludes the next and final question here for you uh you're at gms racing right now kind of part of this driver's edge program you'd mentioned running the kind of the pro late model what are your kind of plans for 2022 if you can share any yet and if you can't kind of what are the goals what, what is the path you're wanting to take well, there's really not much to share. I don't really know. I mean, we're going to run our, for sure, we're going to run some of our super late model stuff up in Wisconsin, maybe Florida. It's pro late model stuff in the Carolinas. Um, uh, maybe some, uh, honestly, that's really all that's planned. Uh, it's really all I can say because there's really nothing else. But hopefully uh, I'm, I'm running the junior motorsports late model a few more times before the year's over. Uh, not sure if anything's going to go on next year, but if so, then that would be awesome. But all I can say for sure is just our family, family pro and super stuff. Well, it's been so cool to watch, of course, your success through the outlaw carts up into the late models. Now, of course, the super late model champion again, Carson, congratulations. Uh, and we look forward to, you know, watching the rest of the years you get to race that junior motorsports car. And of course, next year as well. Yeah, thank you. Again, guys, Carson Quapel, your 2021 Cars Tour Super Late Model Champion.
We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got your Whelan Engineering Driver Spotlight. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering. A global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Get back to NASCAR roots by driving headfirst into the new home of grassroots racing. Flow Racing keeps the original NASCAR tradition of dirt track racing roaring with more than 1,300 live and on-demand oval events from across the U.S. Learn how the next generation of NASCAR drivers is prospected in sprint car racing. Subscribe today by going to flowracing.com slash gomrn. That's floracing.com forward slash gomrn. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no-go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Time now for this week's Wheel and Engineering NASCAR Modified Driver Spotlight and uh, a driver that has grown into the SK Modifieds for the 2021 season. In fact, his uh, 2021 rookie season in the SK is wrapping up and no doubt has seen its highs and lows. 18-year-old Jonathan Puglio joining us here on the guest line. John, welcome to the show. And uh, I guess uh, we'll, we'll begin with the highs and lows of your rookie season in the SK Modified because... Uh, you had all the optimism in the world at the start of the season and, and quickly found yourself in the hospital on opening weekend. Uh, that had to be a tough way to start the year. Yeah, it's just uh, not your ideal way to start the year, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, we got came into this year, um, the new car, uh, new division uh, at Stafford, and uh, just uh, got caught up in a wreck early on. I uh, fractured a, a bone in my spine and uh, start the year. So I had to sit out for, I think four or five weeks. Um, then I was able, able to come back, um, had, had a pretty good run and then got right back into another wreck again. So there was a lot of bumps in the road to start, but, uh, as the year went on, we, we started to, to clean it up a little bit and, uh, get going with our season. We had some good runs, learned a lot and, uh, just tough racing at Stafford. And we got to explore at Waterford and Thompson as well, which was, uh, was a lot of fun to start the year. 
and you picked up a win recently, which we'll talk about in a moment. But the, you are a second-generation driver, um, Ed Puglio, your, your dad. Um, what got you involved in motorsports? Let's go back to the beginning. Obviously, you grew up in it. Uh, at, at what point did you become interested in it and interested enough in it that you would want to pursue this? So um, my dad got into it because my grandfather, uh, they goes way back with them. Um, but then, uh, when I was around two or three, my dad, uh, took me to on track karting in Wallingford and I wasn't quite old enough to, uh, to drive anything, but he used to take me there and let me watch. And I'd be like, what's this guy doing? I want to go out there and try that. And I want to beat this guy. And, you know, I wanted to, I always just had an interest in it, you know, and I was, uh, around four or five, just when I was old enough to, to get into racing. And I had an interest in, in some other sports like hockey and stuff. And, my dad was like, listen, you know, you got to pick one. And I was like, well, that's a no brainer. You know, obviously I'm going to get into a race car. So when I was five, uh, he bought my first go-kart and, uh, just instantly loved it. You know, it's just one of those things that once you get into it, it's, it's in your blood. So you can't really get it out. And, uh, ever since then just been, uh, me and my dad, me and my dad racing together and just, uh, it's what we do. It's what we live for. A lot of karting options up here in the Northeast, and I feel like everybody that we talk to that runs at, at Stafford on a weekly basis in a modified seemingly comes from either the Monday night program at Stafford, the Wild Thing Karts program, or, or the Pomfret Speedway. What did your karting career path look like? Um, well, the Waterford Speedway used to have this this little division called the SXR division, and uh, not a lot of people actually knew about it, but it was just uh, they weren't really like pedal karts. Like they had like a handlebar on them, and they were just – $500 for the cart and, and it was like $10 to buy in a week. So it just got your experience in. And then, um, after I was done with that, I moved up to the Bandoleros, the, the INX Bandos at Waterford. And I ran those for a few years. And then I, uh, moved to the dirt flat carts at Nutmeg, um, ran those for a few years. And while I was doing that, I, I heard about the wild thing carts at Stafford and my whole goal was to ultimately end up at the big track at Stafford. So I figured, let's get used to the pit area. Let's get used to that stuff. So my dad got me in there. Uh, we actually bought our cart from Marcello Rafano, who I race against now in the, the SK modified. So uh, my other cart was actually from Brian Narducci. So it was a little circle that helped each other. We all moved up together. So it was pretty fun. A small tight knit family, no doubt. Uh, that, and it's fun to see the kids, I guess you're still kids, but when you were really young, start on Monday nights and kind of make your way up through the ranks. So you go from, the short track at Stafford and, and the carts to the big track. What's that transition like? And what was it in? Was it, did you go right to an SK light modified? Well, I ran, uh, after the carts, I ran legend cars a little bit all over and I actually ran them on the little track at Stafford. Uh, I only did one race. Uh, they only ran one more year, my rookie year. And I ran the, the sizzler and, uh, I always just wanted to get out on the big track. So as soon as we were done with the legend cars, I uh, moved up to the SK lights at the Waterford speed bowl. And on, I think it was July 8th. Uh, we had an off week and my dad's like, let's take the car to Stafford. And I was like, all right. And um, I, we were having a really good year at Waterford and I moved up to Stafford for that one week. And it was just stuff I've never seen before. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, so yeah, my first experience at the big track was, was with an SK light. And I think we ended up finishing sixth that night and we had a really good car and, uh, just no place like Stafford. Waterford, a tight third of a mile. Uh, Stafford, a little more room to, to leg it out, being a half mile, and you get a little more straightaway there. How long did it take you to adapt from Waterford, the tightness of Waterford, to, to what you have at Stafford? 
Um, I wouldn't say the transition took me that long. Um, I mean, we ran, I, I think I finished third in my, my second race at Stafford at, but, um, 2019 was my first full year. We went winless, um, after coming off a, a seven win year and a championship season at Waterford, uh, it was kind of a heartbreaker, you know, but, uh, going into it, we knew what it was like to go to Stafford and it's just a lot different. You know, the competition is so tight. There's so many cars, so many different cars that can win. I mean, you have 20 cars with 15 of them that can win every week. So, um, it was tough, but, uh, the transition wasn't that long, but it took me quite a while to get my first win. But, uh, when it did happen, that was probably the best moment ever. I was going to ask you, what's that emotion like first win at Stafford motor speedway a track that, uh, for the most part you grew up at, although you grew up at Waterford as well. Yeah, it was cool. Um, a little bit different for me. It happened on my birthday, so it was pretty awesome. Um, it was my first, a lot of firsts on that race. Uh, it was my first race back with my, my car owner, Vinny Beetle, uh, with our first, with our new car. Um, it was our first race, with that car, first race with the scheme, first race, um, of 2020 is on my birthday. So, uh, no better way to get your 17th birthday gift than to find yourself in Napa victory lane. <laughs> Three total wins in the SK light modified before deciding, Hey, let's move up. What's that decision like to, to move up to, to the top division at not only Stafford Speedway, but at most of the, the short tracks, especially here in Connecticut. Yeah, um, a lot went into it. Uh, during 2020, I was also running an SK at Waterford. I think I raced seven shows, five to seven shows there uh, part-time with uh, our other car. And uh, we were just dabbling our feet in the SKs, you know, to prepare to move to Stafford. And uh, we had a really good 2020 season. Uh, we weren't in contention for the championship because uh, – had a lot of DNFs that year, but we had a lot of good runs. And, um, you know, you to move up to the SK at Stafford, it's kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. So when you have the backing from your corner like I do, uh, the support I have from my team, and you have the people behind you like I have, you you have to take it. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of people move up to the SKs, and, and it's it's really hard. Um, you know, going from the lights to the SKs, it's it's a big competition transition, more laps. You have a pit crew, you could pit. A lot of stuff goes into it. So uh, my car owner was great. He stood behind me, gave me what I needed, and um, he just said, listen, if you want to do it, we'll do it, and uh, went from there. Uh, and you hit on something there, and I forget who I talked to recently, but it was an SK Light Modified driver moving up to the SK Modifieds, and they said one of their biggest fears was – learning how to pit. It's something that you don't do in, in most any other division at Stafford. I mean, when you're out of the race and you break, you're out of the race. Uh, you pull into the infield and you sit there until the feature is over until you get a toe or are able to drive the car back to the pits. How much of a learning curve is that? Uh, you know, just learning to get on and off the pit road and finding your crews on, on the pit lane. It's, it's something else you add on, you know, to the experience. Um, luckily for me, I, I didn't find myself on pit road much this year. Uh, we had a pretty good car most of the time, but, uh, one thing I did find that was really different was there was one night, I think it was the night I actually came back from my injury. Um, I was running mid pack and I, I got into it with somebody and ended up spinning out and the caution came out and my crew was like, Oh, just bring it down the pit lane. Let's check the car. And as a driver, that's something that is big because in the SK lights, uh, there was times where I've gotten dinged up and I'm thinking in my head, it's like, is the car okay? Like, I'm just going to keep going because I don't want to quit. But, um, just knowing you can come down pit road and do that double check is, uh, the main thing for me that, that I like about the, the pitting and the SK modifieds. 
We covered uh, some of the highs and lows. Uh, obviously, a tough crash to, to begin the season with the injury. Uh, but you ended it on a pretty high note uh, just a couple of weeks ago at Thompson, claiming that checkered flag. How big was that at the, the Thompson 5 Ace Mile Oval here in Connecticut? That was, uh, that was unreal. Um, just the world, to win the World Series, mainly, you know, that's, in my book, that's the coolest race. And uh, I just remember I only ran one World Series my whole life in the SK Lights in uh, 2019. And every year I would go and I just watch the SKs and I'd watch Keith uh, mainly was always the guy to watch. And, um, the fact that, that I got to race with him one-on-one for the lead was, was awesome. You know, it was, uh, kind of like a dream come true. You know, you watch something your whole life and, um, you know, you get, you get that chance to do it, you know, against him, Todd and Ronnie. Um, it, it was tough, you know, it was fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And just, uh, with that red flag, we had a red flag at halfway for rain and you sit there on pit lane and you just look at the talent that's behind you. You look at the equipment that's behind you and it's like, Oh boy, what do I do now? So, uh, it was awesome. I, I just, uh, such a cool moment for me and all my guys, you know, they stood behind me all year. So it was a great way to end the year. Keith, you're talking about, of course, Keith Rocco, you mentioned Todd, Todd Owen and, and Ronnie and, and Ronnie Williams, a, a stacked field on that day. And, and every time the SK modifies go green here in the state of Connecticut, whether it be at Thompson Stafford or Waterford, is, are we at the off season now for you? Uh, is there anything left on, on the schedule? I know you wrapped up at, at Waterford last night, uh, an event that was shortened. I assume they're going to restart that event. But other than that, is there anything left? Um, I don't think so. As far as that goes, uh, we, we uh, had Waterford last night. I'm not sure if they're going to reschedule that. They, they haven't uh, announced anything yet. Just kind of standing by waiting for that news, uh, whether they're going to call that or if we're going to, go back green at some point. Um, but as of right now, that's, that's it. Um, just going to get back in the shop, prepare for the off season, probably go do some indoor go-karting with a, a bunch of the guys from Stafford, try to stay sharp and get ready for next year. That was, that was my final question for you is what's the hopes for, for 2022? Uh, we're planning on coming back next year in the, our sophomore season, the SKs at Stafford. And um, not really sure uh, other than that, um, probably a little bit of Thompson and Waterford and the SKs as well. Um, but our main focus is Stafford. Just really want to, you know, run up front, be competitive at Stafford and uh, run with those guys, which is uh, hard to do, but I think it's in reach. So we'll see what happens and uh, do our best to prepare for it. Enjoy the off season. Enjoy the carding. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back on track in 2022. Thank you. Jonathan Pulio joining us here on this week's edition of NASCAR Coast to Coast and our Wheel and Engineering Modified Drivers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. 
Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Spotlight. Gamers, start your engines. Meet the next generation of racing wheels. The award-winning Logitech G design is re-engineered to dial into your game physics, delivering unprecedented realism. Feel every shift, drift, and hairpin turn like never before. Our latest innovation in force feedback technology connects directly to end-game simulation engines and physics to produce higher fidelity, real-time responses. Through design, engineering, and the love of driving games, Logitech G takes racing simulation to another level. Go to LogitechG.com. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 52. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Over the past weekend, one of the biggest super late model races took place at the Winchester Speedway. The Winchester 400, which, Kyle, we always kind of expect there's some sort of drama that always drums up throughout this long race. Well, this time, the drama coming to the checkered flag uh, in the Winchester 400. Hard to believe it was the 50th running of the race, uh, an an event that saw 13 cautions, two red flags, J.B. Crabtree flipped, uh, I believe, in turn number one uh, midway through the event. But, yeah, coming to the checkered flag, you had old tires versus new tires, Jack Smith, old tires, Sammy Smith, new tires, contact on the back straightaway, sent Jack into the outside wall. They move, the caution flag comes out. They don't come to the checkered flag. Uh, they move Sammy Smith back to the last car on the lead lap, which I think there were only four uh, at the time. Two-lap shootout. Um, Jake Garcia is the race leader. Drives up into the outside wall in turn number two on the restart and uh, pretty much opens the door for Sammy Smith to, to zip on by, take the lead, and ultimately take the win. Led 174 of the 400 laps and routes to the win over Stephen Nassi, who finished in the second spot. So, uh a, a great racetrack. I love Winchester Speedway. Uh, I remember watching that place as a kid during the old Saturday and Thursday night thunder shows with midget and sprint cars. It scared me back then. It would probably scare me now with stock cars, uh, but a great historic venue in, in the world of short track racing and another classic battle to the finish uh, last Sunday in the Winchester 400. And that race live on Mav TV, one of the first times that we've seen uh, short track super late model racing live on network television in quite some time. Hopefully that trend continues. Cool that it was the 400. They got that opportunity this upcoming weekend, though. We finally crown a ARCA Menard Series champion. The season started nine months ago when Corey Heim won the season opener at Daytona. Most of the summer, Kyle, we covered the points battle, how close it was, flip-flopping back and forth. Unfortunately for Corey Heim, all Ty Gibbs has to do is start 
the race on Saturday afternoon, uh, the 25 car field to be able to clinch that championship. Yeah, the last five events of the season or so, uh, Corey has felt fallen off the pace just a bit. Uh, you mentioned they flip-flopped the lead, I think, uh, about every race throughout the, the summer months, June, July, and, and it was the last five or so events that, that Corey has really fallen off pace. But just 25 cars on the entry list, uh, still a, a good, healthy field for the finale, but uh, for Corey to have a shot, they needed at least 29 30 cars and, and for Ty to have some early race difficulties. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen with 25 cars. So uh, all Ty has to do is start the event. He'll be the 2021 Arkham Menard series champion uh, to go along with all the other accolades this year, including the, uh, the Sioux chief showdown that he picked up a couple of weeks ago at Salem. And the CGS four crown, I think is yeah. what it was called. Again, Kyle, there's a race within a race within a race. And just to throw a little bit more complicated math, if you're going to be watching um, on Saturday, Ty Gibbs still has a chance to lose the rookie of the year to Corey Heim. So Corey Heim can win rookie of the year, but not the championship. Good luck. I hope everyone has their calculators. Map TV, Crack Pass, and MRN on Saturday at Kansas. 7 p.m. At 7 p.m. It's going to be a good one. We'll have hopefully your championship winner. So Ty Gibbs next week here on NASCAR Coast Coast. We want to congratulate Carson Guapo once again on his championship. We'll cover it all next week here on NASCAR Coast Coast. I'm Hannah Newhouse for Kyle Ricky and producer Craig Moore. We'll see you next week.